You're listening to Linked AM. Tell your story on Linked Live and get noticed. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Carl Wolfenden on the Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions. Upgrade your listening to Business Class, the show that puts you in the big leather comfy seats. So sit back and enjoy our take on the trending business issues of the week. Howdy, folks. Here he is, the Texas Brit, the guy with the stiff upper lip, filling his 10-gallon hat and his cowboy boots, Carl Wolfenden. Ready? Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Linked AM. Once again, it's a beautiful day out there. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's become spring. My goodness, uh, spring is here. Uh, we're coming into uh, to that second quarter, coming up to third, and then it'll be fourth, and Happy New Year it'll be in a, in a few months' time. My goodness, this year is going going really, really fast for me. And uh, But saying that, though, we've had some great conversations over the past few weeks of uh, Linked AM, and, of course, we've uh, really had a great success of the launch of Business Class News, uh, which is uh, now focused on philanthropy. It's focusing on the entertainment industry, because I'm passionate about that uh, and also of course um, all the news and the latest news around around the world really uh, that we focus on business class news it was funny the, the other day I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and he's been on the show before uh, uh, coach Rick Colster uh, he's you know he, of course he's uh, the founder of peak performance uh, but also he's an author I think he wrote a book called uh, roll up your sleeve and get to work and uh, we talked about that a couple of years ago when he when he was launching the book, and he, it was a great a great book, and uh, we had a great conversation then. But I I think I sort of touched a nerve when we were talking to him, or when I was having a chat, and uh, I was saying, you know, how I was noticing that millennials. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm sure I'll get some emails from some millennials that are going to be watching this. Uh, but I was saying, look, you know, I'm finding that millennials really just are not taking as much detailed interest in decisions, etc., cetera, um, and really taking business seriously and making some decisions that I feel that may, you know, affect the success of a, of a business. And, and is that a... Is that a trend that I'm seeing? And, and Rick went, whoa, you got to stop talking about that because I've got some opinions. I said, well, you've got to come on the show. And as you can hear, he's giggling in the background there. And I'm going to bring him on. Rick, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Carl. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on this morning. <laughs> hey, well, I had to have you on because we had that, that really healthy discussion the other day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have this opinion. Uh, that um, I feel that some of the millennials out there, and I'm going to say some, because there's, a, there's a, a great bunch of guys and folks, and I've got millennials in my family, so I've got to be careful. Also, uh, I might have a football uh, thrown at me uh, a couple of times. But, um, but no, I, I just see that out in the marketplace, you know, is there attention to detail? You know, is there 
things that millennials are looking at business in a different way. And so, so Rick, you, you, you have a different opinion to, to that, don't you? And, and, and I think you've already had some experiences with millennials. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to say I, I think millennials are getting a bad rap. They're totally getting a bad rap in the marketplace today. It's, it's so interesting. I work with millennials. Matter of fact, yesterday I just spoke to a group of 10th grade students in a business entrepreneurs class about becoming an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur most all of my life, but I also teach an academy for up and coming leaders. Most of them are at the end, very end Gen X and, and millennials. It's a good mixture. It's called the Emerging Leaders Program. And we've created that here at Peak Performance. And what I'm finding is because I'm surrounded just surrounded by these young leaders. They want to be leaders. And it's interesting, you got a bad rap, because, you know, and I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and I know that my father told me to cut my hair. Now, apparently I really listened, and I really cut it. <laughs> but, and my mother would tell to me, if you don't stop listening to that loud music, you're going to mu- make your brain mush. You know, we heard the same thing. Matter of fact, I found a quote. And so may I you know, share this quote with oh, you? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yes. I found this quote. It says, the children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for their elders and love to chatter in a place of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their household. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents. They chatter before company. They gobble up the dainties at the table and cross their legs and tyrannize their teachers. Okay. Does that sound like millennials today? Does that I'm, sound like the rap millennials get? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm. I'm. I'm nodding. Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, guess where? Who? What? This? Who? This was attributed to? Go on. Who? It's attributed by Plato. Attributed it to Socrates in 400 no BC. No way. No. Absolutely. Way. So, what's changed over? 2,000, 2,500 years. Nothing. No, you're right. We all think our kids are lazy. They're bums. They don't want to work. It's a different world. That's the thing is it's now a different world. Each generation spans about a 20-year gap. As we we measure generations. Each generation has a different set of values. And each generation looks at its generation as a standard for comparison. That's true. That's true. Well, I think I think that's that's interesting, isn't it? That that I mean, my goodness, Plato and Socrates going back and saying those things. So you you listen to you know <laughs> old people like me, you know, and uh, you know, and I'm going. You know, I remember the days, you know, and, uh, you know, you're right. It's it's one of those things that I think we've just got to embrace. But what I'm frightened of is that there's going to be this big gap, and we've talked about it before, of, of skilled um, workers. That, that you know, You've got people retiring. You've got this big wave of retirees coming in. And I don't see these uh, ent- uh, the, the uh, apprenticeships programs mm-hmm. uh, in workplaces before where where somebody comes in they work under an experienced professional and they have that tenure and then they work through the the ranks and then they go on and then take that place as that person retires out i don't see that at the moment i'm, I'm pretty frightened that that's gonna 
you know, be a big effect on business here uh, globally, not just in the U.S., but globally, that we're not going to have that skill factor because these millennials come in and they think, I'm, I'm entitled to be here. Um, but, you know, really, they've got to learn the ropes. So is, is it just a mindset? Do we do, just need to sort of remind them that, hey, you know, you're coming into this place where, You've got to learn the experience. You've got to have the ropes uh, bef- and learn the ropes before you go on. Well, mentoring, I think mentoring, um, learning, learning is absolutely positively. As a matter of fact, that's what I shared with these kids yesterday is go learn a trade. Learn not just necessarily a, a physical trade like your dad or my dad. My heck, my dad dug telephone pole holes. He dug the holes for telephone pole. He was a laborer. He was a blue-collar guy. Worked with his hands every Same single day. Same with mine. Yep, yep. Now, we, everything has shifted. Now, here's here's some data because I'm really heavily da- – always data-oriented. The baby boomer generation, my generation, I'm at the very end of the baby boomers, 82 million baby boomers. 82 million. Wow, okay. Rough estimate. Yep. Okay. The next generation – they call them the Gen Xers that came after us, which would generally be our children, or a lot of us started later. I started later in life to have kids, so I have millennials in my life. Yep, yep. The Gen Xers, they are, there are only 62 million of them. Okay. Okay, so numbers. What's happened is they've now changed, and now millennials, there's going to be 81 million millennials. So here's what happens. Look at the numbers. We're retiring. I'm on the downside. I'm on the backside of my retirement. I can see retirement right at the end. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's coming. So who's taking over today? It's going to be our Gen Xers are taking over today. These are our new leaders. These are our current leaders. As we, in our late 50s and 60s, we begin to move out. Now, you take that 40s, 35s to, to 50s. Man, these are the, these are your leaders. That fifteen to twenty year gap, right in there. That's your leaders. The millennials coming up. Now remember, eighty two are retiring, sixty one are replacing those eighty two. So technology's replaced some of that. So take a million of that out, maybe ten million of those jobs away. So we still have seventy plus million jobs to fill. Those millennials are going to backfill those. Right. They have they think so much differently because they have access to things like. This little goofy thing we all carry in our hand. The speed at which they're able to process has increased exponentially from how we process. If you and I wanted to hold a meeting, what do we do? We put out a memo, put it on the calendar, right? They want to hold a meeting. They text somebody, say five minutes, conference room. Everybody's there. That's what's happening. The speed at which things are happening is speeding up. And I'm telling you, the millennials, they truly, truly – they they want to work, and they're they're but they're working different than we do. So I suppose what you're saying is that that at the end of the day, and I I, I was watching something the other day, um, and it it, it was on uh, the sci-fi, no, not the sci-fi, the Science Channel uh, on the History Channel, whatever, uh, and it was the the history of Silicon Valley, okay, mm-hmm. back in the seventies, and and it showed and it showed. Um, it showed uh, Xerox was actually the forefront of of the computers. They had mm-hmm. this, and, yeah. and and of course, um, 
where, where is it? Rochester? Is that where um, Zero? Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's where headquarters was. Um, and but then they opened up this this thing called Park P A R C Park, and it was a research center in Silicon Valley. And they had all these young folks in, and they were just sitting around. This is in the seventies, okay? And they they were on bean bags. They were all, all discussing. It was like the brain, the think tank sort of thing. And they were they were doing all this stuff with this computer, you know, invention stuff. But the people in New York, they were like, and the comment was, the comment was, look, the computer will never, you know, be as useful as the copier in the office place. That was the attitude over in New York. So I suppose what I'm saying is you've got these young people that have got a different way of thinking, uh, are all getting together and actually making things happen. And then you've got the old guard uh-huh. saying, no, this is the way it is. It's, we've got history. We've got, we've got money on the balance sheet of all these copiers in there. And you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a whole, there's a huge gap between mentality. And so I take it that now with technology, AI, all this artificial intelligence that's going on, you're right. They're, in, they're embracing that and putting it into the workforce uh, and into their work, work, uh, working ethics. Uh, mm-hmm. And I suppose, you know, my, my flippant comment of, you know, hey, millennials are just go- – you've just put a different perspective on that of, no, they're just doing things in a different way and enhance and, and embracing the things they have available to them where we didn't have that when we were doing it. We didn't, it, we didn't. We're also seeing demographic change shift in demographics from the, and the, and, and I'll just take it from the U S yeah. what's happened is the Latino and the, the, the black ethnicities, they've increased. Latinos are the largest minority group, the 16%. Yep. Yep. Followed by African-Americans, 14%. What's happening, this is the first generation in U.S. history in which um, African-Americans are no longer the largest minority. Right. Yep. Yep. Now, 35% of millennials are minorities. So we see the shift. We've got a shift in the way. And millennials have become the most racially and and ethnicity diverse, ethnically diverse population generation in history. Yeah. all, and so part of that changes how we work. Yeah, and I think you, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's that it's that diverse sort of um, culture in a in a workplace that that, mm-hmm. that that really gets you to to understand. You know, how am I going to communicate with these people and 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 my audience? I mean, again, it all, if you think about it, every time that we talk about something, it always goes back to audience. And mm-hmm. how do you find that audience? And at the end of the day, if if your customers are millennials, then millennials need to know how to talk to millennials. So let's embrace mm-hmm. let's embrace that, uh, rather than say, "Oh no, this is the you need to have a newspaper. We need to put a piece of paper, and that's the only way that we're going to do it." Uh, and you know, a few years ago, that was a lot of you know attitudes of. Oh, I've I've done it this way uh, for a hundred years, and that's how I'm going to do it. Well, unfortunately, those people that stayed in that that lane, you know, lost market share. So you've got to embrace. And now I'm coming around to think, okay, yes, what you've just said is right. It's about the millennials and how they go to market because that's they right. know they know how their 
their um, their demographic, their their age group, or whatever, or ethnicity, you know, really want to receive a message. And what does and in product development, what products are they looking for? So you've got to have that new wave of people coming in. So look, we played Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. Yeah, growing. Yeah, they're playing Halo, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto. Virtual reality is real. So you're absolutely right. I mean, if you if you think about where we were in terms of playing Candyland and and, and Shoots and Ladders and all that good stuff and. And let's go back to that that show that I watched the other day. You know, um, you know that that a subset of those Xerox people that when Xerox said, you know, we're just closing this down, we're not going into the computer lock because we're going into into copiers. I'm going to that's where we're making the money. Um, we had a load of, um, of developers, young-minded thinking people, and they went out and they created Atari, and they had this thing called Pong, and it was that, that thing you know where you had the paddle and your ball and everything. And I was I, I was fixed to the screen on that thing, trying to get the the thing to hit the the paddle. But now, of course, as you say, now that the, the, they've got the the Xboxes, the Playstations, the Nintendos, whatever, uh, and they're engaging in that and and. That mindset of them engaging with those types of, um, uh, of, of interactions, I suppose, technology interactions, has again, um, you know, created a mind shift of where uh, they're going to be going uh, in in the future when they go into the employment, into the workforce. Well, and that's what they're looking for. They they are looking for something that's more real for them. For us, we were at the very beginning ages, and think of Kodak, and think of they weren't forward thinking. Kodak used to own 90% of the photograph market. Now, and they actually, believe it or not, they invented the digital camera. Right. Yep. I, I read that they one. They held yeah. on to it because they said film will be forever. Well, guess what? Film wasn't forever. I don't know about you, but this is my camera. I went on vacation, oh, about a month ago, and I didn't carry a camera in the in the typical sense. I carried my phone everywhere I went, and I've got some really good pictures. Yep. Yep. Now, there are photographers, the crews, there are photographers, they were taking pictures of us. But at the same time, everything's shifting and changing. So they're looking for something that's easy. Uh, technology's changing the way we communicate, the way that we do our jobs, the way we do things. Parents are also part of that when you talk about the games. Now, baby boomers, I don't know about your dad or my, I don't tell you about my dad. My dad worked hard. My gosh, he worked hard. And in the yep. book, Roll up your sleeves and get to work. Yeah, I write my preface is about my parents and how hardworking they were, and really how what the best parents you could think of because they worked so hard to raise four kids. Different world today. He didn't. He made games when he could, but he couldn't because he was working two jobs. Today we have helicopter parents. Our baby boomers, us, we are our biggest cheerleaders. I was watching. There was a there's a thing on Facebook. About a coach saying, "Parents don't coach from the stands." Right. The parents are us. Yeah. That's the government. It's, it's us. It's not the kids. We're the coach is trying to coach the kid in, in a basketball game, and dad's yelling from the, the stands. <laughs> no, don't do it that way. Coach is dumb. Like, wait a minute. We're, they get conflicting messages, so they don't know what to do. Yeah. Parents are the biggest cheerleaders. I mean, let's be real. Today. We celebrate everything. We've taken away scores. The kids didn't take those scores away. Right. They didn't say, let's play a game with no scores. We don't keep score. 
The parents did it. It's the parents. Yeah. That's the problem. And now they've come to expect and need that praise. So in the workforce, we just need to change the way we pat them on the back. And I'm, I'm a big, huge proponent of servant leadership and taking care of your people. Let them know they're doing a good job. Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. Say, great job. Thanks for doing it. It's all it takes. And that's all you wanted when you started working, when you thought your boss was this miserable old curmudgeon from the greatest generation. And boy, you didn't even recognize what I do. <laughs> oh, I recognize myself sure. there. Yeah, is that, we're all, we were all there, weren't we? Absolutely. No, I think you're right. I think it, it's, it's, is that, um, that, that they, 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 they really want to have that uh, acknowledgement. And I think there's Maslow's theory of um, hierarchy, I think it is, where he talks about, you know, what is, the, what is somebody's satisfaction um, in the workforce? And it's that pyramid, you know. And, and you know, being, being respected and, and, and being liked and being encouraged is part of that workforce, but even more so now. Because and because it happens so quickly, things can change within twenty minutes in, in in technology. Well, what's happened is they've now come to expect feedback. Yeah, because their parents are praising them. That we now have the the whole effort and the the trend towards self improvement, self self help books. Right, all these books were written about self esteem, self help, with thousands, tens of thousands of books written on. It. So yes, they get it. So here's what happens is millennials now become master negotiators. They've learned how to when think about this though, they are masters of rational thought and decision making. Yep. At a very young age, they've learned to negotiate. We call it arguing, and they'll negotiate with everyone, teachers, parents, right. school administrators. I watched my daughter, I've got two daughters, 20 they're now 24 and 22. And I was talking about this the other day, and my my youngest, she came to us. She said she didn't like a teacher. Now, if I came and said I didn't like a teacher, my father would say, suck it up and get your butt in class, and you better get a passing grade. Oh, no. My daughter came, and she had 10 points on how she felt the teacher was not appropriately taking care of her needs as a child. Right, right. And, I mean, she was documented. She had a doubt. She did that to us three different times during her from, I think, fifth or sixth grade up until eighth grade. <laughs> yep. And at eighth grade, I went, oh, heck no. You're not doing this to me again. I'm now watching the trend. I got, It took me a little while. I wised up. She negotiated her way out of a class she didn't want to be in. Right. Yep. Like, really? Did I just let that happen as a parent? Right. But but you're, you're right. It's the way they think and the way that they've, they've learned. And again, you know, it's all based on what their, their surroundings uh-huh. Uh, and, and you know, with social media and 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 sort of the internet and everything, they have information at their fingertips, and they can see. You know, as you talk about mentoring, you know, sometimes there's stuff out there that we don't see that is actually, you know, teaching them something that we don't even know they're being they're learning <laughs> because it's it's they're seeing what other people are doing and then replicating that. 
um, and and the the drawing an alignment with and if you think about it, that's what we used to do, but we used to do it in real time in face to face meeting, you know, right. and everything. Now they can watch a YouTube video and see this person on a TED talk or see somebody doing a roller skating trick that going down a, a, a flight of stairs. It's those two extremes, and you can either go one way or you can go the other way. And I think it's just really educating them and showing them that you can harness and embrace the 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 intelligence that they have because you said at the beginning of the segment you know these these are really intelligent people uh, and Mm -hmm. they're really passionate about what they want to do and if we can embrace that and then harness it and then say okay focus that over here and here are the things that you really should do because i think you said yourself you've you've put this program together Mm -hmm. which is is really teaching them you know uh, how to to create respect in a workplace and and how to have integrity etc because you've got all of this stuff over here so talk more about that i mean that's interesting that you well, have that program well we created a program called the emerging leaders program here at the peak performance which we knew that the underserved well the the generation and the area in business that's underserved are those up-and-coming leaders yep frontline employees they get hired guess what they get training to do the job. That's natural. You come in the job, we give you training, we show you the basic technical skills on how to do the job. Then at the executive level, well, now it's a badge of honor to have an executive coach. I mean, I, I coach CEOs and executives all over the country. But that mid-gap, those up-and-coming leaders are never taught how to become leaders. They're, they're forgotten. They're just expected to learn through tribal knowledge or watching the older generation, and we don't have time. I'm sorry. Everything's moving so fast for the ones that should be mentoring. They're struggling to keep up. Yeah, yeah. But here's some, here's the good news. The good news is here. Three words: authenticity, transparency, and determination. These are the words that I tend to describe millennials with. They're authentic. They're transparent, and they're determined. And Given by approximately 2020, 2025, millennials will be the majority of the workers in the United States. Love it. Love it. I mean, you're right, because of that gap that we just talked about, those people are going to be transitioning out. They're going to be transitioning in. Yeah. Yeah. See, what happens is they don't really know the word no, which is good and bad, I guess. But it's not they and they haven't heard the word no, so they don't know that you can't do things. The good news is there, they're not asking what I want to be when I grow up. What they're asking is how will the world be different because I lived? Yeah. They're shifting. Um, think of Tom's shoes, um, right? Or, or uh, Warby Parker glasses. What they do, Tom's, you're familiar with Tom's shoes. Tom's shoes. Yeah, he donates a shoe to a third world what, country. Yeah, I give one away to a person in need. Yep. Yeah. Millennials have created this phenomenon. And what's happened is they're looking for the good in the world. They see the good in the world. They want to learn. And they want to help. So what happens is they keep giving back. So we're going to have a society of kids and people that want to give back. I think it's that's a more worldwide society. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a great that's a great thing. I think we just got to enhance it and um, and embrace it as such. 
Um, well, well, Rick, as always, this is a fantastic conversation. Uh, we, we've, we've run out a little bit of time, but we need to continue this on a, I think we should do a series. I think we should do, do a, we should do a series on how these different uh, topics that keep coming up and um, and really educate the viewers out there. And I'm sure you know we're going to get some some emails. I mean, I am. Yeah, hopefully you'll get emails because I'm, I'm going to put all your details. On, it's on the bottom of the screen now, um, and you're going to get positive emails. I'm going to get you know I don't know what I'm going to get, but hey, you know, Carl at businessclassnews.com bring it on and uh, no but this has been a very very intelligent sort of educational conversation uh, you are a subject matter expert in this field so uh, um, I know that the the folks that are watching I'm sure will reach out and uh, they'll want to learn more so Absolutely. thanks for being a guest and, uh, and thanks for having me on I appreciate it and we'll have you back on I'm sure thanks a lot Let's Rick thanks Carl bye now so you're listening to linked am Tell your story on Linked Live and get noticed. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Carl Wolfenden on the Business Class Show and is not always affiliated with the guests and the topics discussed. Any financial statements are the opinions of the individual, and you should seek professional advice before making any decisions.